listening to Equipped, the preaching ministry of First Baptist Dry Prong in Dry Prong, Louisiana. Today we pick up our series on the book of Colossians. The series is entitled Christ Above All, and the message today is entitled True or False. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Today we are going to continue in the book of Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to read into just the first two verses of chapter 3 in just a little bit. It's always an exciting time, you know. Uh, I've had the privilege of being a pastor for seven years. And every year, it's been quite a miracle, but every year at the churches that I've pastored have been a part of, there's always been high school graduates and college graduates. And graduation is such a wonderful time to experience. Uh, It's also bittersweet for some. Last year, I remember about this time last year, it was a little bit earlier, last year was 2022. And I'm sitting at home and I get an email and it said, congratulations, Kevin, your 20 year high school anniversary is coming up. And I literally just deleted it. I'm like, spam, that's not right. And I thought about it for a second and I'm like, oh my goodness, that is right. It's been 20 years, now 21 years since I graduated high school. And I'll tell you, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've I've been married, been saved, uh, had children, a lot of great things. But that last day of high school easily ranks in my top five. It felt good to be done. I can go right back in my mind and remember the day I drove off the high school lot of Crowville High School and how that felt, getting that diploma. Man, it was a great feeling. It wasn't long after that 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 I began making uh, my plans to move away. And y'all know I went to flight school. And if you didn't know, I went to flight school in Orlando, Florida. Actually, Sanford, Florida. Sanford's just about about 20 minutes north of Orlando. And, uh, you know, that was an interesting process. My father encouraged me to follow my dream to do that. But as the, the days got closer, as the time got closer for me to go, me and my father, as much as I hate to admit it, we are a lot alike. Uh, and Carissa can attest to this. He don't say his feelings a whole lot. But I could tell that, that it was weighing on my father what was about to occur, that I was about to move. And I was about to move, and, and I was about to go fly airplanes. And I, I could tell something was weighing on him. He was worried about something. Now, as a father now, and maybe you, maybe the, the worry would be that I'm about to go from having never flown an airplane to go fly an airplane for the first time. Or maybe the worry is I've, I've always lived under my parents' roof, and now I'm going to be by myself for the first time. Or, or maybe the worry is maybe we're investing all this money and maybe I wouldn't like flying. But Dad let it slip one day what his worry was. Because you see, news travels fast. And what Dad's worry was, you see, Mom and Dad had invested 18 years into my life doing everything they could to teach me God's holy word, to teach me the truth about things like marriage, to teach me the truth about the gospel, to teach me uh, the truth about between right and wrong. And Dad let it slip one day. I'll never forget it. He let it slip one day that I was liable to go down to Orlando, Florida and be brainwashed, maybe in his words, not mine, brainwashed by some liberal and just forget everything I'd been taught. And I thought about that this week and I just want to share with you, that's some of the emotions we deal with as parents. 
And that brings me to Colossians, because in the passage I'm going to read today, we've been reading about how the Apostle Paul related to this Colossian church. And although he had never met them, in chapters 1 and, and chapters 2, he, he writes about how proud he is of them, of, of being faithful and being fruitful. And he writes to them about, you know, the, the power of a new life in Christ and the power of the gospel and the power of all these things, just like a father would write his son. Now, once again, remember, Paul had never been to the church at Colossae, but just like my dad had never been to Orlando, Florida, at least living there, maybe he went to Disney World. He knew some things that were going on in the area. And just like any father would be concerned for their son or daughter living amongst turmoil, living amongst lies, Paul reminds them of, of some truths and some false falsehoods spreading around that they should hold on to or that they should reject going forward in their walk with Christ. The last verse we read, the last time we went through Colossians, was Colossians uh, 2.15. Today we're going to pick up at Colossians 2.16. And I've entitled this message very simply, True or False? It's something that you graduates are going to have to deal with when you move off to college, when you go to the workplace. It's something that we as adults have to deal with. How many of you know today that you can't even really watch any news source without asking the question, is it true or is it false? We really don't know because everybody seems to have their own agenda. And Paul writes about uh, true or false in the verses we're going to read today. So let's read the, the rest of the chapter from verse 16 on, and then we'll go through it verse by verse. He says, So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or in guarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ." Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Verse 21, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern the things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility, self-abasement, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against indulgence of the flesh. So in this text, I read that Paul is writing in this church and he's concerned about some things that are going on. So let me point out, not points, but truths from the text. Truths that you can apply in your life today, whether you're a young graduate going on to college, going to the workplace, whether you're an old graduate, you've been out of school forever and, and you're retired, or, or maybe you're just young and you're going into high school or junior high. These can apply to everybody. I see in verses 16 through 18, the truth is this. Don't let anyone or anything replace the role of Christ Jesus. He says it in verse 16 and 18. Let no one, don't you let anyone judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come. That's someone and some things 
But the substance is Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. We see people and we see things. So I just want to encourage you, don't let anyone or anything replace the role of Christ Jesus in your life. All throughout chapter 1, uh, Paul writes about how Christ is overall. He's the head, the preeminence of Christ. And here in this area, in the Colossian area, in the Laodicea area, there's a local heresy spreading around this church. The, the, the heresy goes something like this, that Jesus just wasn't enough. It was the doctrine, much like we see today, that salvation is acquired by works, not of grace. Or maybe salvation is acquired by Jesus, but it's Jesus plus something. Jesus plus baptism. Jesus plus speaking in tongues. Jesus plus coming to church. Jesus plus fill in the blank, whatever you want to fill in the blank with. In this case, it's Jesus plus remembering the festivals. Jesus plus remembering the Sabbath. Jesus plus uh, taking false humility and these sorts of things. And Paul didn't want that. Paul says, listen, these things aren't necessarily bad, but they're not Jesus. These things can't save you. If you could earn your salvation, if there was something you could do to earn your salvation, Christian, I want you to know Christ would not have had to and He would not have went to the old rugged cross. Paul had heard this from Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul didn't want this church that he loved so much to fall for the lies of the false teachers around them. And he didn't want them to fall for the false Christ in the area either. It's not your good works. It's not your good deeds that reserve you a spot in heaven. It is Christ. And it is Christ alone. Church, I just want to tell you, just like Paul told the Colossians, beware anyone or anything that may replace the Christ Jesus in your life. Christ is over all of these things. Since I've graduated high school, and really since I became a Christian, I'll tell you, anything, anything has the power to become an idol. I have seen with my own eyes, I've seen people, and I, I confess to you in all humility, I was once one of them. Worship, literally worship their career. And it's a good thing to be a good employee. But man, something's wrong when you, you put flying jets or you put being a nurse or being a doctor or a pharmacist or whatever the case may be. When you put that above Christ Jesus, there's something wrong with that. I've seen people put their hobbies over Jesus. Hey, man, I, I believe that, that God delights when I shoot a big deer. I give him thanks for that. But that doesn't go above Jesus. I've seen people put their, their family, their, their sons and their daughters and their grandchildren above Jesus. All good things, wonderful things. But these things don't take the place of Christ. These things come from Christ. They are not Christ. So don't let anyone or anything replace the role of Christ Jesus. I don't want to get off of this without letting you notice one term in here because I think this term is sufficient. It's in verse 18. It's the term in your New King James Version or the New International Version where he says in verse 18, let no one cheat you of your reward taking delight in false humility. And if you have an English Standard Version like we gave the graduates, it translates this Greek term as asceticism. Uh, New American Standard calls itself abasement. And what it is, it's a false 
humility. It's a false religion. And it's mentioned not once, but twice in the short passage we read this morning. I just want to start off and I want you to know, as true as there is true truth, there is absolute truth, there is absolute false as well. There is such a thing as someone who has a false religion, someone who has a false hope, someone who has a, a false conversion. Someone who has been raised with Christ is a new creation. And they know that Christ is above all. But somebody that's never had a true conversion, they have a hard time realizing this. So weigh the true and the false going forward. Paul also reminds them about these false teachers in verse 19. He says, And not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. This refers right back to chapter 1, verse 18, where he says Christ is the head of the body. Second truth, both the head and the body is important. Paul is criticizing the false teachers who are not holding on to the head of the church. These false teachers who are putting themselves at the head and putting Christ down below them. But in this same statement, he's also acknowledging that the body as a whole is important as well. As Christians, we should submit to the Lordship of Christ. We should realize that He's the head of the church. But we should never ever forget that we are members of His body, the church. Dad was so worried about me going off to Sanford, Florida all them years ago. But I tell you, I got down there and it wasn't long that I found out exactly what he was talking about. Yeah, I saw the falsehoods he was worried about. But I wasn't down there very long before when I had a Sunday off that I went right down the road to First Baptist Church of Sanford, Florida. And I'll tell you, I had a lot of good experiences there. I filled out a welcome card and it was literally within the same week a group of uh, older individuals knocked at my little apartment in Sanford, Florida and wanted to invest in my life as a teenager. See, they realized that Christ is the head of the body and even though I was a young man way across states over, they realized that I was part of that body and they wanted to bring me on in to worship with them. And I'll tell you, I've had a lot of great Christmas experiences, but one of the best I ever had wasn't with my physical family. It was with a church family at First Baptist Sanford, Florida. I've never shared that before. But I share that today because graduates, let me assure you, wherever you are going, even if it's Harvard or Yale or Pineville, wherever you may be, let me assure you there is a body of believers that meet every Sunday near the college campus you attend or near the workplace you work. And it's the duty of every church member, whether you're a teenager or a senior citizen, to give support and serve the body of Christ. Paul wanted them to be sure that Christ is the head, but we're members knit together by joints and ligaments. And if you are part of the body, you are important. God wants to use you, even you as a teenager, to grow his kingdom. He wants you to grow as a Christian by speaking to you through leaders and, and things like Fellowship of Christian Athletes, by the BCM, Baptist Collegiate Ministry, by giving messages to, to pastors in your area or youth ministers in your area. Your presence in His house on His day is expected. It was in the Colossians day and it is in our day. And let me just tell you, 
It wouldn't hurt my feelings in the least bit if one Wednesday night we got a request for a church letter from one of you teenagers near a college near you. Selfishly, I hope you come back. But I want to tell you, I just want to encourage you, join the fellowship of a local Bible-believing church. Worship Him there. Serve the body. He's the head. He's worthy. He needs you. He wants to use you. Serve Him. Oh man, you will, your life will be so much better if you're with part of the body. On campus, off of campus. Paul also reminds them in the next few verses. Let's read on in verse 20. He says, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion. Here's the term again, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Here's the third truth I would give you this morning for everybody. Beware the doctrines of men. He says this in verse 22 in a question. According to the commandments and doctrines of men. The doctrines of men of which Paul was speaking here are those that says you can't eat this, you can't touch this, you can't do this, you can't do that. Paul's just telling them, hey, these are silly doctrines of men and they're not of God. They can't accomplish what Christ accomplished. He tells them, sure, sure, they appear good. They have an appearance of wisdom, but they can't accomplish what Christ did. Good works and law keeping cannot save a person. And today, if ever before, we should, be, we should be careful and we should beware of the doctrines of men, the flesh-pleasing doctrines of men. We don't have the exact same thing spreading around here like the Colossians did, but we have several doctrines that are very similar. I'll tell you, here's one. Beware the doctrine. I see it all over TikTok. I see it all over social media. You'll see it on your college campus. Beware the, the doctrine, the men and women that, that tell you that God's word somehow changes. It doesn't. It's never going to change. It, it's the same word. It's the same God. It's the same rules. God's word is absolutely the same. It's still infallible. It's still inerrant. And no matter what the world tells you, don't buy into the doctrine of men. Beware the progressive gospel. It goes hand in hand with this. Beware this gospel that says that because culture has progressed, somehow the gospel has progressed. And now what, what the Bible once called sin is not sin anymore because we've progressed past all that. But let me tell you, the gospel can't get any better. It'll never get any better. If it could, it wouldn't be the gospel. And let me just tell you, regardless of what the world says, I look at the culture and I don't see a culture that's progressed. I see a culture that's regressed. Don't fall for the silly doctrine of men. Oh man, you're going to see this, young people and young Christians. Beware the prosperity gospel. The gospel that says your blessings are based on what you give and what you do. 
And let me tell you, beware of that because it's a false gospel that produces false hope. And by the way, I will tell you, some of the most blessed Christians in the world are those serving in third world countries, those serving like some of you have met in Honduras that have literally nothing, no power, no electricity, but God still loves them and they're happier than most of us here. Don't fall for those silly doctrines, men. And once again... It really comes down to these silly doctrines of men. It comes back to this term again, this false humility. Like it says in verse 23. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of body. Has it a value, you know, in someone that would deny themselves to be holy. But at the end of the day, it's false. And once again... I just can't state it enough. There's such a thing as a false humility. There's such a thing as a false religion. There's such a thing as, as a false baptism. There's such a thing as a false profession of faith. There's such a thing as a false convert. Oh, church, if, if you've never truly repented of your sin, if you've never died to yourself and accepted Jesus as your Savior, you are living a false, false false life. You're living a lie. So beware of this self-imposed doctrine of men that would tell you, hey, you're good because you repeated a prayer when you didn't even know what it meant. Be careful of the doctrine of men that would say, hey, you're good. You were baptized. Maybe even as a baby, you had something poured on your head. You're good. You were baptized. Come on in. Beware the doctrine of men that would say, hey, you're good. You joined the church. You gave to the church. You were faithful in youth group. Be careful about that because true humility, true religion, true conversion comes through a true faith and the true saving blood of Christ alone. Nowhere else. Above all else, I believe that's what Paul wanted this church to realize. It is Christ above all. Well, Brother Kevin, that sounds good. And I believe what you're saying. But you know what? I'm worried because I'm a young man, I'm a young woman, or maybe I'm a young Christian. How in the world am I going to be able to differentiate the truth from the lie? How can I, how can I do that? I don't know the Bible that well. I'll, I'll read it, I, I, but I don't have time. And, and what you're telling me is, even what Paul says, these things have an appearance of wisdom and it looks good. It sounds good. How can I know? What am I to do? Give me some guidance going forward. And I believe Paul anticipates, I really believe he anticipates that response, which is why chapter 3 begins this way. Here's how you do it. Here's how you know true from false. He says, in verses 1 and 2, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. That's truth number four. Set your mind on things above. My advice to our graduates, my advice to all of you this morning, my advice to myself this morning, and every day is the same as Paul's advice. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth, things that are going to pass away. Like it says in the bulletin, the, the prayer to pray this morning, commit Proverbs 16, 3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. It's important first. 
to be sure of your salvation. He says, if then you were, if you were raised with Christ, if you are truly saved, be sure of your salvation. Have you been raised with Christ? Have you died to yourself? Have you laid it all down for Jesus? If you feel lost this morning, it could be because you are lost. Oh, I just encourage you to get it right today. And all these other things will work out. There'll be no false humility. You'll be less likely to fall for false teaching because you will be His and you will know that Christ is above all. Set your mind on things above, it says in verse 2, where Jesus is at the right hand of God Almighty and do not worry about the elementary things of this world. Oh, church, so many times I see it in so many ways where we get the question wrong. Our question shouldn't be, what should I do with my life? That's, that's a question you're going to ask myself, ask yourself going on, graduates. And you'll ask that over and over again, probably, as you pick a major, as you pick a career, as you pick a spouse. But we shouldn't ask the question, what should I do with my life? But rather, what, God, what would you have me do with the life you've given me? You're over everything. So what do you want me to do? You were made for a purpose. Ask God to show His purpose for you. Ask God to show you the profession that He would have you go in. Ask God to use you for His kingdom work. Don't be afraid to pray that prayer. God doesn't call everybody to be missionaries and pastors. God calls some people to be plumbers. God calls some people to be farmers. God calls some people to, to different kinds of work. But you're better off doing what God calls you to do rather, rather than setting your mind on yourself what you want to do. Like the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, 1, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Oh, I assure you, you'll live happier, you'll live healthier, you'll live on purpose, you'll have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. And I just want to tell you, church, you cannot have that abundant life while you're constantly looking at and pursuing the unfulfilling things of this world. If you're constantly pursuing the things of the world, and, and listen, I believe God blesses us with these things. I'm, I'm happy to be a high school, college graduate, and I'm going to keep on pursuing these things. But that's not where my hope is. My hope is in Christ alone. I close this morning by, by asking, are, are you trusting in Christ? Or are you trusting in the doctrines of men? Where's your mind this morning? Is your mind on the things above? Or are you trapped in the useless, fruitless things of everyday life? Oh, I want you to know that you can have abundant life today. It's as simple as ABC. Admit, believe, confess, trust in Jesus. He'll lead and guide and direct your path. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope you won't let anyone or anything replace the role of Christ Jesus. I hope you'll never forget that both the head and the body is important. I hope you'll beware of the doctrines of men. And most importantly, I hope that you'll set your mind on things above. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Come join us for worship sometime every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in Dry Prong, Louisiana. Have a great week, guys.